Rocking chair, chair sessions. sessions. With Elisa Di Batista, Maria Teresa Barber. Hello, everyone, and welcome to RCS Rocking Chair Sessions, Volume 127, with artist Gabriela Gamboa. Welcome, Gabby. <laughs> Hi, our shout, neighbor. Shout out to Gabriela, who has listened to Life, by the way, for for a year now <laughs> to our podcast and has endured sessions. the shouts of silence now. Of course, that comes from Maria. Silence now would only come from an Austrian. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. We are so excited that you're here with us I'm today. very excited after, you know, all this time. Uh, no, because I really... I think it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, endeavor. Oh, thank I do. you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank it's only you. possible with the patience and camaraderie of fellow artists like yourself. So we, we're appreciative that you, you took the time to come away from your studio practice to sit with us for a little, a little while. A little while. Yes. Yeah. But um, so y- you just came back from Houston. Yes. yes. Yesterday, right? Yesterday. That's why we are recording a day later on Tuesday. Tell us about um, Tell us a little bit about what was Houston like. Is it cold? It was. It was lovely. I love the cold, actually. I'm not used to this heat. So it's been different for me to adapt to the mm. temperature here. And the constant air conditioning is also not something that I'm used to. Um, it was an interesting, very interesting trip. I, I enjoy Houston very much because there's so much uh, interesting art to see mm-hmm. and so many free museums, you know, and, uh, and because uh, I have a good group of friends there that make art that are very interesting as well. And I'm a Cy Twombly fan, so I always oh. go and look at his pavilion again and just sit there and get inspired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never been, but our good friend is Ananda. Ananda used to be in Houston? I think so. I think she was somewhere in Texas. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in Texas, Is definitely. There are a lot of galleries. Yeah. I feel like um, there's a lot of areas that are not in major cities um, that do have an art scene that are maybe lesser known, but that doesn't mean that they have lesser quality. Um, they're just, you know, they fly under the radar, yeah. but they have um, yeah. a lot of good things going on. Yeah. I mean, Houston has developed a, a, a good name in art oh, over yes. the last couple yes. of years, right? Yeah. So and it's there, grown. there's some very big collections there, like mm-hmm. of Latin American art and stuff oh, like that. Okay. Uh-huh. So yes, it's a it's a place where people converge. I mm-hmm. think it's just a little bit far from everything, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, jumping back to where you were born, Pittsburgh. <laughs> Who would have thought you like the really? cold? So. Pittsburgh. <laughs> I mean. Well, um, yes, quite by chance, because as you know, I'm from Venezuela. Yeah. But um, yes, my father was in exile because uh, we, this is a cyclical um, thing we do in Latin America. The as dictators. We can, so as we can see now that uh, elections in Argentina and what's going on in Chile. I mean, it's just, it seems like we're always... Uh, in the middle of something. Um, but yes, um, and my father was a steel mill person, so Pittsburgh was where he went. And I was born by chance there, yes. But I didn't really live there. We left. Did you grow up in Venezuela? I grew up in Venezuela, yes. You went to school in Venezuela? I went to school in Venezuela until college, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you studied biology first? I studied biology first because my father did not want me to be an artist. As most Latino <laughs> parents. We have I heard think that most, before. Yes. We have heard it that before. It is very strange because he would he was the one that took us to museums from the time we could walk practically my brother and I I mean not only museums concerts and opera and everything but but he knew he was very passionate about art but he knew uh, how difficult that life could be probably I think it was fear of the mm-hmm. difficulty yes fear of of a job and of and also of knowing that you're going to be you know uh, in a very unstable uh, sort of environment, and he believed that you needed a scientific uh, career. He wanted me to be either a doctor 
aura. <laughs> because I even suggested, well, I'll be an architect, you know, and kind of be a it's little, still bit, arty, a little yeah. bit close to the, but <laughs> no, no, it, it was, you know, science or nothing. Wow. Yeah. So I did, I studied, uh, I, I managed three whole years. Whoa. Yeah. And then That's I broke free. Good for you. <laughs> did I ever tell you what I was supposed to do from my father's idea for my job? No. <laughs> dentist assistant. Oh, assistant, not even the dentist. Not even a dentist. Oh, okay. The assistant to the dentist. <laughs> what did you have your... I'm sure you would have been a wonderful assistant, but I'm also sure you would have been a wonderful dentist. I'm not sure about that, but what, what were you supposed to be, to be from your father's side? I think, I think growing up like with... Latino parents, like my parents personally, like they want you to be happy, but they also want um, stability for you, mm -hmm. um, and they want you to be able to defend yourself. and And having a regular nine to five job is like traditional. So it's like whether you love it or not, it'll pay the bills, it'll keep you, you know, fed and clothed and all those things. So I think they just wanted me, you know, like to have a regular whatever job. job. Which I kind of do have a, a a nine to five job now, and that does <laughs> feed me and clothe me and, and helps pay my student loans. And, um, but my passion is art, so I try to dabble in both. Yeah, so we make it work. But you, yeah. you were just like, did you, did you tell them? Well, I was very young. I graduated high school. I was only 16. Oh wow! So you I were couldn't brain. really. I, I turned 17 like halfway through the first year of college. So uh, it wasn't. Uh, you know, you're a child, really. Yeah. You know, totally. it, I wasn't going to stand up to my father in that sense. Yeah. Uh, and also. I felt like he had a point in a way, in the sense that he wanted us to do important work, like you're gonna save lives. Like being a doctor is something tangible, you mm -hmm. know, that... Um, Maybe something he would have wanted to be, right? <laughs> well, like, yes, I yeah. think he wanted to be, he wanted to study pure physics. Mm -hmm. So I think he wanted to be a scientist and mm -hmm. he envisioned that for his children. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting also because he didn't make distinctions between male. I only have a brother, man, you know, boy or girl. It was like we were both supposed to have this scientific career. Mm -hmm. So it was it was uh, it it was interesting. But but he had a love of the arts, mm -hmm. a profound love of the arts, and he was a very knowledgeable as well. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of contradictory, mm -hmm. but it didn't come until I was mm -hmm. uh, had my son and I got a job uh, in in uh, cultural affairs. I became the um, cultural affairs attaché at the embassy. That he said, "Oh, I guess you know your studies in art." <laughs> He finally he was like at peace. Or finally, yes, he kind of made his peace with that. Yeah, I think okay, so. you work at the embassy, what embassy did at you work? At the American embassy in Venezuela. In Venezuela, mm -hmm. because you spoke English. Yes, because I were, was, uh, yeah, yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. So funny. Fathers. Fathers and daughters. Mm -hmm. We could talk about that. For yeah. <laughs> but, so when you when you stopped biology, you went to art school after that. I you, did. Mm -hmm. I did in, in Venezuela still, right? In Venezuela, first um, the, there was no art school when I graduated. Um, when when I at this time there was no there, there was a art theory. But there wasn't really a school well, where you could get a degree mm -hmm. at university level yet. Mm -hmm. There was a school of design. Mm -hmm. So I started to study graphic design, but I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. I was only there for like six months. And then I applied to Chicago and I got into the Chicago, school, University yeah. of Chicago, so and I got beautiful. a scholarship. Oh, that's uh -huh. amazing. But my father still thought I was going to study biology <laughs> in Chicago. <laughs> That's what you're I like, was just trying. Our was little secret. How did you tell your father that you're actually? No, he really did. He thought, and he was very proud. University of Chicago is a very important university. But that's pretty fantastic that you got into the University of Chicago on a scholarship. What did you apply with? What work did you have that you? Could? I didn't. I had. I. I don't know really i just had my drawings and some f well i had started taking photographs oh you already had started taking i photos. had mm -hmm. though that wasn't my major mm -hmm. i i was doing painting mm -hmm. um and i had 
I wrote an essay. I wish I, I had. I wish oh, you know I wish you had. things were you online and stuff like because you don't save that. Yeah. I guess I wrote a good essay. I remember I came to an interview, but I was big by then. I was like already twenty, so mm-hmm. I was. Uh, you were um, grown up. I was. Gr- I felt very grown up. <laughs> you were a woman. <laughs> when you think back to that, like now, right? And you imagine yourself as, or you look at twenty-year-old. I know. Kids, you know, you're just like, oh my god, you guys yes. are so young. And as as a twenty-year-old, I remember I felt grown up. Yes, you, know? I you felt do. Like yeah. I was in college. And yes, you're like, in college, yeah. and you're making decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So I I came, and also even the University of Chicago was not. Uh, was not did not have a big art department. It was very small, but they had a, a partnership with the Art Institute. Mm-hmm. So we took courses at the Art Institute, which oh. is what I wanted. I really wanted to be in the Art Institute. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean but, such a rich history yeah, there. Yeah, but that's how that came about. So then I studied there for uh, for four years. Well, three, because they took some of my uh, yeah, you whatever already I had, had oh, from college. Great. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was very, that was nice. I loved Chicago. I mean, like I had cold, an amazing so yeah. <laughs> painting teacher. She's still, I think she's like 198 or something. She was still painting mm-hmm. Vera Clement. She was very amazing. wonderful and I loved that whole experience. But then I started experimenting, of course, with video and and in photography and that was the end of painting for mm-hmm. me you were over painting I was for better or worse but mm-hmm. I just I found that photography especially black and white photography mm-hmm. and going into the lab and everything that was just magical mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. did you stay in Chicago after school or did you go back to Venezuela no I went right back to Venezuela and that's where I started to work in uh, in the film industry mm-hmm. yeah that's mm-hmm. because then then I decided I liked photography and I wanted to be near photography and I started to take a, a workshop with a known photographer and I became his assistant in film in in the film industry he was what was then known as a still photographer mm-hmm. this was before digital so it was very different you know you had to run take the pictures and run to your lab develop and come back and it was a good training I it was, was really say, good training, better training yeah. Than yeah shadowing a master mm-hmm. now. yes it was really good so there, it, it was basically on, on a film set where they shot with 35 millimeter or something, the yes. film, and then additional, in addition, they had to do the still photography. Yes, because mm-hmm. um, before the digital era, then you had to have, you had to have the, what, what they call the, the, the record for the, so the director can compare. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally you had uh, a Polaroid, if you had a Polaroid, you, they, they took it. But if you didn't have access to a Polaroid, you took photographs of each set, you know, when it was being oh, filmed so that you could have the, yeah. in case you had to repeat it. That was one thing. And then you had to make the photographs of the, uh, for, the for the poster, for uh, the actors like to have their pictures taken during I the set, this. during the film. You have to take photos of the set. Uh, so like it's process. not a every day. Mm-hmm. You don't do it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but they call you in, you mm-hmm. know, occasionally. Some, yes, some movies had, if they had the budget, had a you still... You would be there all the time. Had a still photographer on call. Mm-hmm. But these low-budget ones in Venezuela, <laughs> we did a little bit of everything. I also brought coffee for the actors and, you know, did other stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was a learning process, yes. I guess. And you're in your 20s. You don't care doing that stuff. It's like you're no, in internship. It was so, so much fun. Like you're, yes. yeah, you're learning was. so much yeah. and it's exciting. It yes. And film sets are always exciting to me, at least. It's like oh, it's a yes, different world. Oh, yes, very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In your own photographs, um, like the ones I selected for the preview, that has an industrial feel to it and it does have the black and white but you mentioned stepping away from the painting but it has painterly like qualities to it in which you started to layer the color on and you do do that for that series where you start to overlap these um, vintage nostalgic looking images with color when did you start to merge color back into your now black and white photographs I did actually from the beginning oh really yes because in the beginning um, I was doing something 
manually. Because mm-hmm. I always, I think because I studied painting and because I was coming from a different, from different mediums and because also I didn't consider myself a photographer in the strict sense of the word. I wasn't like a documentalist or I was, I was trying to make, to make something my own, mm-hmm. you know, to have a, um, a deeper meaning or language in in there. So I used to paint on top of the of the photographs many times or draw on top of the photographs. And I also used to sometimes two negatives and copied one on top of the other. I have some work with that or I would take the roll of film and put it through again which which was to have double also, images. Yes. Mm-hmm which the double exposure always mm-hmm. gave also a more there and then it was more of a lottery yeah but I liked to work with that um, uncertainty that happens you know that where you don't know what's going to come out many times uh, so I was actually doing that from the start oh, yeah. and experimenting with different filters as well like filtering the image through other like plastic or glass I always do that and I still do it this video now yes Mm -hmm. I do it in video I did it always I think I I think I never I always liked the suggestion of the image too I like the suggestion that there's something going on behind Mm -hmm. or in front of something else Um, I, I think the layering of images also allows you know for many interpretations and many uh, readings of the of an image. So I, I was looking always for that, and because it it attracted me always, you know, the what you can't see clearly and how you make out that image, you know. Yeah, through the blockage, it, it draws your attention, and also the fact that you are um, not revealing everything, it makes you want to keep your eyes circulating throughout the artwork slightly longer, um, I feel. Yeah, it, it's almost like you're searching for a secret, or there's a mystery, or there's like some... Sometimes it's also like it feels dramatic, or it feels like, you know, like a veil. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, it's so curious to me, because when you think of photography, I think of multiples, kind of like in printmaking, and mm-hmm. for you, is quite the opposite it was more important to make your mark and make each piece somewhat personalized to you and like a unique almost artist proof each one is different and it's, it's not like a series of 500 and they're all exactly the same like no for you it's important to kind of have like your hand or um a difference not for them to be identical yes i think in that sense it was very painterly i mm-hmm. was i was r- replicating what you do as a painter that you're you only make one of each and for me it's important and and they always even if if it, the image appears to be the same one there's always a slight uh difference between one and another i don't i hardly ever i think i've only made maybe one or two series where and i only do five I don't go beyond that. I, I there's always a little bit a subtle uh, difference between them because, and I think that's because I come from that school of art, you know, that began in painting where mm-hmm. you don't. There's one. There's basically. one mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know because I've never been to Venezuela. How are the museums growing up there designed or different? towards like the experience that you had going and walking through them than the ones you experienced when you went to college in Chicago? Well, the sad part of, of what has happened in Venezuela is that we actually had some of the best museums in Latin America. Um, because very, Venezuela was a very rich country. Very rich, very rich and very progressive and visual art has always been very strong in Venezuela and we always had very well-known, internationally well-known artists coming out of Venezuela. And the other thing is that we br- the, the institutions brought a lot of very well-known artists to Venezuela to have exhibits. We had a museum of contemporary art. I mean, when I tell people this, they can't imagine. Like Namjoon Pike and, and Charlotte Moorman did, did that performance in Venezuela in 1969. So it was a something that was cutting edge in New York was done in Caracas as well. Oh, God, I got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then, for instance, Rauschenberg uh, had a solo exhibit at the Museum of Contemporary Art, and he came to Venezuela for the for this show, and he gave a, a workshop, a, a one-day workshop. And I was there. I was oh like God. 12 or 14 or something. This is what I say when I say my parents say, why, why do you want to be an... I mean, you took me to do this stuff. And you, then, I blame you. No, exactly. <laughs> you put me in a workshop with Rauschenberg. What do you think I'm going to be? Exactly. And you know, this happened. He was there. He he spoke, and you you talked to him. And then we had amazing exhibits, really, really important exhibits uh, happening in Venezuela, and important biennales as well, Latin, from Latin America and also including American um, artists, very important. So it was a pity when, when um, the, this current whatever, I don't even know what to call it anymore, um, after you know Chavez won and the, the decline happened, and, yeah. the, and the museums were taken over uh, in the service of the state, but not even. Because I think in, in in the communist countries of you know in Germany and in in the Russia previously you know the socialist republics the the structure was different and there was there was an art being produced for that whether you agree or you don't is a is is a political matter and we're not talking about that but. The fact is that all that happened was in Venezuela was they just declined, closed down, and nothing happened, nothing more, and no good exhibits were brought about. So to answer your question, the museums, of course, there's a difference historically. Obviously, it's not the same to walk into, you know, the Uffizi uh, Most definitely, yeah. yeah. To go to Florence and walk through a, an amazing museum, or, or um, in, in in the countries where there's been a tradition for centuries, but compared to the United States, we we were on on You're our holding on, your own. In, you yes, well, we definitely. were on the same uh, on the same. Exact level. level. That's yes. phenomenal. Because the Museum of Contemporary Art in Venezuela was had a huge, wonderful collection. Of course, Chicago particularly had amazing art. I mean, yeah. and that was, of course, very important, mind blowing, and and made a big difference. Of course, in the in the education part as well, having access to seeing it in person. Yes, yeah. and also. One of the most important art history departments in the world is University of Chicago. Yeah. So, it that part was very important to me, of course. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so it's beneficial. So yeah. after you were um, like an assistant to the still photographer on the film set, um, what what came after? Like in your you know evolution as an artist what was like the next step what was your or, takeaway? Uh, especially also when vi did video start yes you know when did, did it, that was that the film set that you were on the film set yes, that you were kind of was. excited about that yes it was it had a lot to do with the moving image and then with during one of these uh, jobs i met uh, a photographer who wanted to make a experimental documentary made out of still photographs before the computers and, yes oh, wow. we did a stop motion thing that's amazing with 6,000 <laughs> uh, color slides so they were slides amazing. slides oh my god oh my goodness so this and also it was up in the mountains we had to walk with our equipment uh, for eight hours and live there for about a week and a half so after, in Venezuela. Yes, in Venezuela, in the Andes, in the, in the oh. Andes, which was amazing. It was amazing, and it was it's be, it's a beautiful. I have the documentary. Uh, I just recently recovered it uh, on a CD. Um, so that really changed my whole perspective on everything, yeah. mm -hmm. and and then of course video was more becoming a little bit more accessible still the camera was a huge thing that you had to carry around but but you could 
envisioned that you could make mm-hmm. a piece mm-hmm. um, much more complicated than it is today because you didn't you didn't go home and put it into your computer also it's expensive very expensive heavy like large equipment and not readily available <laughs> no not like available. it was no first it was like only industry you know it was like more professional film it industry was, totally. and then you know before it was affor- affordable for like the yes. regular <laughs> people right it, was, it took that's a long where time i traded I traded my work Your service for, for equipment, for equipment rental or yes. editing rental mm-hmm. or tra- that's, that's what I It makes it worth it. People mm-hmm. are like, well, why are you working for free? And it's like, I would never be able to afford <laughs> yes. these machines yes. on my own. Yeah. Exactly. It is so worth it. You yes. have no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's what, what we, what, what I say we, because that also coincided with, I met my companion who was then my husband, who's now my ex-husband. <laughs> And we worked together for about 10 years. And we did a lot of collaborate. He was a film sound uh, engineer. So we started making experimental uh, work. Mm -hmm. Very, very experimental with sound and video and images. And and that, of course, changed the course of how I w- looked at art as well. The the tooth combined with the, having made this documentary with this photographer, which was very laborious. With all the slides. Yes, with all so the did slides. You, did you film the slides? Yes. Right? Oh we refilmed goodness. the slides yeah. after we took them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because the documentary was about a person who ha- who was a self-taught sculptor and weaver he made uh, cloth and um, the director wanted liked the the when he moved the the loom is that what it's called yeah I believe it's like I don't know what says the, the big one is also called the loom no okay that movement was kind of very stop motion like mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and for some reason he fixated on that and he wanted the whole film to look like that which was really interesting and the film is beautiful mm-hmm. it's very beautiful because it it has that jumpiness that of course now with with uh, all the technology you can do it however you want mm-hmm. but uh, he managed to do that and and uh, it, it was a beautiful experience and so I discovered that, you know, I wanted to do that. I wanted Mm -hmm. to make art that had sound and movement because it added a different, um, Mm -hmm. it added another layer Mm -hmm. and it also added to the experience, it, it was an experience more than just an object. I, I wasn't, I wasn't interested in creating objects mm-hmm. of art. I was interested in creating experiences. I think that that's probably the important part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, what is very exciting about your history is also, uh, and I, I went to this talk that you gave at the, um, at the Bakehouse mm-hmm. here with Yusuf, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it, it was exciting because you were on the on the forefront of this medium, right? I mean, there was not much. Now it turns out like that, but you know, it, hindsight, so, in hindsight, you're like, oh, I was at the forefront, but we didn't see it like that. No, you just <laughs> you just had this new toy. You know, toy. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I mean how it feels usually to me as well. Like if you have something new and you're exploring yes. it. But, you know, listening to you talking about the history and how you got to it and also watching this film that you did with your mm-hmm. partner at the time and it was like this a graveyard or it looked like this. Oh, that's a different one. Yeah, that's a different that one. one. Yes, that's that was an very, early one, right? Yeah, but it's p- very later than the movie. Oh, wait, um, oh, yeah, the movie that I'm telling you about with the slides was in 1984, nice. 83. Mm-hmm. And that video, that was video. Oh, that was video that already. That was video yeah. already, and that was with, with Stefano. Mm-hmm. Um, that was um, 1992. Mm-hmm. And we already had our own camera. Mm-hmm. We already had our oh, you own already, camera. Yeah. Oh yes, mm-hmm. but of course the the experimentation, the possibilities of of experimenting were so big, so deep. 
you could I couldn't you you couldn't resist that you know yeah. and then you could project you could vary the size of your work <sighs> that for me was something mind-blowing because you make a picture or you make a well with photographs you can yeah expand it to, to a certain an extent. extent you know you can make them larger but here it was almost an infinite possibility you know yeah, you could have yeah and you can screen it on a house you right can. and you and you and had sound yeah. which for and me was, was really important how did mm-hmm. the sound um enter your work was it something that you collaborated and you decided this is what i imagine or you just had to learn to kind of like let go and be like okay you make whatever sound you want like how was that dance? no we worked together we worked together because also i've always had um a deep interest in language and languages and and the word the 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 density the the word words themselves mean a lot to me and i love them i love words so Same. i <laughs> i do and i love languages and subtleties of words and subtleties of meaning and i think that was another layer that I started to work with. And then, of course, I didn't compose music, but Stefano did, but um, we did a lot of experimenting um, with with different microphones, with different tapes, with different recording and recording over. And then it, it was also the possibility of having sound art or mm-hmm. sound installations, Synthesizers which gave it another layer. Mm-hmm. So all of that was like, I want, I want all of that. <laughs> yeah, because in, in, truly, video art is so interdisciplinary because it has it all these. Like it has the image, it has the movement, yes. it has the sound, mm-hmm. it can have the word. You yes. know, it can have like a script or, you know, it's it's like installation of it also. The, like, and then you worked a lot of the, in installation too. Yes. Uh, and performance. And performance. Yeah. You know? So it kind of like mixes yeah. all of that together, yeah. which is really exciting. Well, you start to have all of those elements because. I mean, performance didn't come as something that I thought about. It was just that I was experimenting. I needed a body, and I was there. Yours was free. And <laughs> have one body, <laughs> for sure. And that was it. Yeah. You know, it's not like people say, oh, you, because then all the analysis, you know, then yeah. the curators and everybody comes in, oh, yeah, she was working. I'm not Ana Mendieta, unfortunately. It wasn't a, con- uh, it wasn't a conscious... Um, decision to use my own body at first. It was just that I was there and I was experimenting and that was my medium more than, that was my medium and my canvas literally like yeah. I said in the in the talk because I used to paint myself all white and project on top of myself and see what that gave and stuff like that. It was more uh, um, uh, almost p- like a, a screen, like you became yes, a screen. Yes, I became the screen more than an yes, actor. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that was the the <laughs> essence of it. Um, that's why. And then I then yes, then you start to get into it, and you say, oh, you know, I want to, I want to find out more about performing mm-hmm. art, performative art, or you know, performance. And I really got into it for a, for a long time. I got into it a lot, and I think there's a, always an element of a performative element in the work. Mm-hmm. There can be mm-hmm. always um, in my work. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you uh, you presented also some uh, you know some background to your performative mm-hmm. work as well. When did you start doing performances like live performances? Well, we started, um, I think it was more because, it, you know, in the 80s, install, nobody knew what installation was. You didn't really belong anywhere. Nobody, it was sound art either. It was like, well, what do we do with that? If you went to a museum, they would kind of like say, well, what do, how, where are we supposed to do, put that? And you weren't going to be in the theater. And it was like, what do we do with this work? So... Um, a lot of people started to become interested in, well, why don't we use alternative spaces? Mm-hmm. And what can we do in these alternative totally. spaces? And 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 we, uh, I mean, uh, Stefano and I were very experimental. We, we, we loved 
and you said something very important, the interdisciplinary part of it, the collaborative. We worked as a collaborative for all of those 10 years. And it wasn't just us, the two of us. We'd invite people Others. in. Mm-hmm. So then it would kind of just happen. It was like uh, a dialogue between artists and 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 it would just begin to translate into a performance. Mm-hmm. Not, it wasn't, it, it didn't happen up in our head, you know, it wasn't. Um, Prescripted or anything? No, I think it was more an, uh, the experiment with the elements, with the interaction between uh, creators. And I think the moment of creation was what it was important. The moment where you connect with somebody and something happens and and what comes out of that and much of the work was like that so the live performative part became very interesting for people to see as well Mm -hmm. so we started to do that Mm -hmm. um for many years Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think it was also like a time where where there were really a lot of artists collaborating with each other. Yes. There were a lot of performances happening together. You know, I just remember, was it um, uh, this year-long performance where they would be, this, this the, the partners would be always bound together by a rope? Oh, uh, yes. She, she, yeah. Uh, yes. Um, I, for, uh, I forget his name. Yes. But, um, and then... You know all these collaborative experience. I mean, also um, um, the performance artist, the really, really famous one, I'm Marina sure, Abramovic. Um, exactly, mm-hmm. Marina was also doing her performances <laughs> with her partner, and it was like, it was interesting that there was a time where this was like, almost like everywhere. You know, you could find like these collaborations group collaborations yes. it was so important to have like this this social aspect or this there was a social aspect yeah, which I, think so. I don't I don't see as much at the moment or but I'm not sure I'm also not as much in the performance world as I used to be but no I don't so think, interesting yes, right I think it was an era and it happened all kind of simultaneously because we didn't necessarily know what other people yeah We're just responding to what has happened in the past, and it just all—it just kind of evolved. Mm -hmm. And and yes, I think there was a a deep need, a social need of connection with with other artists because um, I think what happened is many artists felt the same way I felt. Like, oh, I'm—it's not enough for me to make the painting. I need something more, and I couldn't do it by myself. Yeah. I needed more. I needed interaction, and uh, and that was fantastic. Yeah, because it was this era of also exploring. Yes, you know, exploring. nothing was defined. Like now, we can see we have a history of performance art. We have a history of video art. You know, and you would kind of like or happenings, or you exactly. You know, you look we love back to on categorize them. things, yeah. and I think that oh yes. that time period had something to do with doing something that was not categorized. That was freedom in that, that right? That's very important yeah. what you just mm-hmm. said. Yes, we mm-hmm. did. And and it, the same with the with the sound. You know, some people say, well, it wasn't music. No, it wasn't music. Of course not. We weren't making music really, but it was very emotional it, and it was and it and I think it did move a lot of people and uh and it was an experience. And I know that the people that went or that saw us, there was always Uh, a really uh, moving uh, moment and that's what we would thrive on you know Mm -hmm. so yeah but of course then you have to live and yeah you have to make money right (laughs) and you don't make money with performances well the other thing is that that was also an amazing period in Venezuelan history because there were grants we could get a grant to work we could get you know a space to work in during that period so we we so there was a period of of where you had support financial support for the art Uh you you could get it Mm -hmm. you could get it Mm -hmm. yes you could and since we were uh, doing something nobody else was doing, we did get we did get support because mm-hmm. uh, the the it was interesting. Novice, mm-hmm. totally. It was mm-hmm. interesting, and also it offered a platform for debate mm-hmm. about art and about movements and about art movements, which was also very important. Mm-hmm. We had a we we had a following 
mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're on the cutting edge of something that hadn't been done before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So th- that you, you're talking about ten years, you, you're sent that mm-hmm. kind of like experimental phase, like with video performance that lasted for about yes. ten years. Yes. And then is that when you went to the embassy? Was that already? Yeah. Well, that? no. Mm-hmm. Then I w- got divorced. Yeah. <laughs> First that chapter closed, and a new chapter began. This collaboration. Well, I had a child. You, and you had a kid. I too. had a child, yeah. and you know um, did that affect your artwork. Yeah, experimentation and. Uh, uh, you know, it exactly. You have to make a living. Yeah. Uh, um, so yes, it. it well, a it child kind of also changes <laughs> how you. You know, if you can make make it through the year with a grand, <laughs> or if you feel like, yeah, I exactly. might not be able to wing it exactly. with the time, red diapers and everything. You know, it's kind of like, oh, I'm exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. We had a child, and that, of course, changed the perspective. And uh, and also, a lot of things coincided. Chavez won. I was, I had, I, we, we both were university professors because by now there was an art school that we helped create as well. We helped create the new media department for the art school in Venezuela. That's so cool. It was. It was very cool. And it was a <laughs> Who can say that? It was a, it was an amazing school and it was free. It was free. Everybody had access. You had to go through I mean it was strict it wasn't easy to get in. But it was free. Totally free. And in they had the students had everything i mean really everything and all. everything mm-hmm. so we we taught i taught video we did taught video and stefano taught sound art and video art for about 6 years mm-hmm. but then the government changed and everything kind of came together mm-hmm. uh happened at the same time mm-hmm. and and the reality just changed on us uh i wouldn't it wasn't overnight you know, like building the Berlin Wall. It wasn't mm-hmm. like that, but it was. But we I, we knew that it wasn't going in a in the good direction. And of course, the art world, specifically the art school, started trying to tell us what we had to teach. And you know, for me, that doesn't go along with art at all. Mm-hmm. So I I quit before it got too bad for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, you have to get get a real job mm-hmm. in nine to five. <laughs> what did you do? I went. I got the job at the embassy. That's what you did. Right? I mean, that's a pretty. But you cool. made your father proud. Yeah, in doing I did. So. I did, and then uh, and th- and that was actually quite a wonderful. That was the most wonderful thing at the moment that could have happened because I had enormous freedom. They were grateful to have me, uh, and so. For instance, I had a huge, I did a huge Gary Hill exhibit, uh, and he came down, he did a workshop, we became friends, which was my lifelong dream. I mean, being a video artist, I was like, I want to bring Gary Hill, now I can. Um, You know, it was amazing. We had a beautiful photography exhibit of, we had like three or four amazing photography exhibits. I created something that was called the Experimental Film Festival. And so we had all these really experimental films from the US brought and filmmakers that came and spoke and gave workshops. It was really cool in that sense. Mm -hmm. But of course, I, I was always frustrated that well, you had a nine to five. Day. I had, you, yes. you had to work, right? Yeah, yeah. I I did, and mm-hmm. after s- seven years, I I knew I had to get back to my own practice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you um, you were still in Venezuela, right? Oh, yes, were, I only recently left. You only Venezuela. recently left. Yes. Yeah. So you you were you then able to kind of go back to your art and kind of make I a did. living out of that? I did, again? but in that period. Of course, digital came to be. And another animal. Yeah. <laughs> so suddenly I knew nothing. I was yeah. like, I have to learn everything all over again. Yeah. I didn't. I, Laptops. I, yeah, computer, I, I didn't. Editing. So I decided to get my MFA, which I had never got. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
So I got it late in life, but it was the best thing because... Uh, because it was a new technology again, right? It was and a new were, technology. Mm. It was, for me, a totally, it was like, okay, uh, I'll go to school and just do this, you mm. know. Um, Where did you get your MFA? In Mass Art, Massachusetts mm -hmm. College of mm -hmm. Art and Design, which was fantastic. And you took your kid with yes. you? And, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, that was quite something you know um it was a platform mm -hmm. and and also like a a, tra a a a a springboard you know yeah. for me at that age because also the advantage when you're older <laughs> and more mature Stop. is you know you know what you you get somewhere like you're that you're not yeah. lost and you think you feel um more no, confident like, with no, yourself because like, you yeah. enjoy everything it's yeah. like everything was fantastic for me you know people were complaining oh this. no i thought everything was amazing mm -hmm. and i had like it was great it was like i have new eyes mm -hmm. i can see things in a totally different perspective and then new experimentation mm -hmm. so that that was great yeah because getting back into a practice because also I really had to stop for those years mm -hmm. I didn't make anything because when I tried it was always uh, you know on borrowed time yes. with very little time I didn't have time to get into it I'm I'm a slow worker I need my time I need my silence I need my space to to come up with uh, a body of work and so getting back to it was i thought it would be impossible Difficult. but it's not yeah i think when you have this environment again and i think an mfa program is just the perfect thing mm -hmm. you know because you're so immersed it's such a bubble you're so immersed yes. in it and and I, I think even with even if you if you get home and then you have your child to take care of, mm -hmm. you still have this time where you feel oh, like yes. you're free, you yes. know, to create. Yes, you do. And I think that is like really yeah. that was really fantastic for you. Um, well, first I had a resident. I got a grant for a residency and oh, uh -huh. in Vermont Studio oh, Center. Wonderful. Oh, wonderful! Nice. Yeah, that was first, mm -hmm. and that was I don't know. My son was at camp or something, mm -hmm. and I went to my own camp. Yeah. And that's where I got the idea that I thought, well, actually what I need to do, because I was trying to reconnect to get, but on my own, I wasn't doing so good. So yeah. I thought, and somebody there said, what, you know, you should just go for it and get your MFA. And I thought, yeah, why not? Yeah. Because you were always collaborating as well, right? Yes. You were in the partnership. Yes. So uh, we recently talked to uh, Natasha from the TM sister, Monica. Uh, from the TMs it's just also Maria about uh, my name my name is not working my name <laughs> repertoire but um, what, what is really interesting uh, also what she said they have been working as sisters as the TM sisters also in video for so long she, she also had to kind of you know learn a lot of things to do it on your own you yes. know to actually finish because I, I mean it's kind of like with, with us too you know it's like you, I know Elisa does this thing good and then I don't have to worry about it and yes. I do the things that I like to do good yes. you know so you work together and then that works but if you're if you're then again by yourself you know you have to do the parts that the other person did yes, too you, you know do. so it's kind of like you have to mm. find your new way so yes. I understand that, yeah. that and that finding that time. new road yes yeah. and it's funny that it it started exactly this in the same way that it did before like i started taking mm -hmm. photographs and then i i went back to my to my moving images and then i started experimenting so it with was the sound same by way. myself yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but i feel like it wasn't that much of a jump in that oh it's a completely new different um alien thing to you like you had taken photographs you had thought of composition you had done film like which yes. i think is even more difficult than anything digital this generation could even fathom yeah. like you already did the most um i think um strenuous activities which was actually having to like develop and all of those things and then just learning to master once you get technology i think it's easy to harness it but just like making that small little leap you you already knew what you were doing in one in one respect yeah. but in you know. one way, yes. I think I knew I knew what I wanted my things to look like. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which I think is always something... So crucial. Yeah. It's better mm -hmm. than not knowing. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's better to know what you want and not know how to do it yeah. than not know what yes. you want to do and know how to do it. So I, I think you were already I on agree. the winning side yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, are there any upcoming exhibitions that you have that you'd like well, to share with us? Uh, there is in Miami um, during Art Basel. I don't have the exact dates, but it's going to be at the um, um, museum, Coral Gables. Okay, museum. excellent. Yeah. Uh, there's a nice museum there. We've been invited. It's a it's a group show. That's okay. It's, I think it's called for now, and several big house artists I think are going to be there too. Mm-hmm. So that should that's nice. Yeah. I'm very happy to be participating in that. Mm-hmm. And then there's also an exhibition in Peru. <gasps> yes, that opened. Uh, that made me very happy because that's uh, called uh, Crónicas Migrantes, Migrant Chronicles. And it talks a little bit about the dia- diaspora that Venezuelans are going, going through, right, through now. right now. So it's a beautiful exhibit, I think. Well, I haven't seen it. I'm saying because I know all the people that are participating and I know their work and it must. It, I'm sure that the installation is quite beautiful. It's in Lima. In Lima at the Museum of Contemporary Art. Mm-hmm. If any of your listeners are in Lima, please you check never it know. out. You in never Miami, know. you have a lot of people who travel. I know, this they is do true. travel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, do you and still congratulations have? for oh, that. Yeah. I know oh, that's right. a really right. big it's deal. It's very beautiful. Yeah, yeah thank mm-hmm. you. Do you have um, any upcoming secret projects that are maybe not so secret that you want to... <laughs> <laughs> anything you're experimenting with now? Well, uh, oh, yes. Actually, at Bakehouse, we've been experimenting and I've begun a collaboration, a new one with Tonya Vegas, who's another Venezuelan artist. And Setting. we did more or less an experiment uh, during the summer, which In has the now... Gallery. Yes, that has now become a tangible... Um, it started out just as experimentation, but it's become a tangible body of work. Yes. And I think we're going to look for venues to, yeah, to Thanks show it. Uh-huh. Congratulations, yeah. Maria. As you one. know, our very last question, you've been sitting in a magical rocking chair and it grants you three wishes. It does? You can wish for anything and everything, but you have to say it out loud for it to come true. What are your three wishes? My three wishes? Oh my gosh. Well... Number one, I want everybody to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Number two, I want the bakehouse to last forever. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Me too. It's such a special building. And yeah. number three, um, I just want to keep making art. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope I can do that for a very long time. Thank you for thank you. Thank, you. thank you. thank you so much for coming. No, thank, thank you, you to our listeners. Did for we say in. the session number today? 127. It's incredible. Every time it goes, I mean, I can't believe we made it to the hundreds. We were lucky to make it to one, and it just—it's because of brought to brought to you by individuals like you, like because of people that well, are willing and to sit down. The house I grew up was was number 127. Stop. <gasps> See, I, I had to feel. I had to bring up it's the number. Magical. I had to say it. That's so great. <laughs> that was my address. Oh my god, I know. Alrighty, well, we're going to be back next week for With, a new session. Yes, and thanks for listening. Thank you, Gabriela. And Thank if you. you go on the Miami Give Miami Day website, you can find us there, and you can give us your support. Yes, please. Any small donation will do. It'll anything, help. anything is. It'll keep the any, SoundCloud and the website is going. Very appreciated. Yeah, this all is right. all very DIY. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Okay, thank you, Gabriela. Thank you, girls.